0: Welcome to JAG's Drive Time with John Osher, Osher. Brian Sexton. Sexton, and Kai Stevens. Stevens. Wow.
1: JAG's Drive Time starts right now.
2: Welcome in. I'm Kainani Stevens for this May 23rd edition of JAG's Drive Time. Of course, joined by your favorites, Brian Sexton, John Osier. here. We had day one of OTAs yesterday, which is always a good sign because it means we're getting a little bit closer to the season. Not a ton to glean from it, I guess, but it is always exciting to get back out there, see most of the team yesterday. Well,
0: exciting is the right word because there's a lot of excitement in this marketplace about mm-hmm. this team. People want to hear about them, read about them, you know, see the video of these guys on the mm-hmm. field. Um, and, it was, and we'll talk about this, but I wrote it for the column that we did for John. Um, it was great to see so many players out there. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really good to see some of those guys look good.
1: And the guys who weren't here are, 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 are guys you'd expect. Uh, Josh Allen, who I know works on his own and has a regimen that he wants to get him. in the season. And Cam, mm-hmm. who's hurt yep. anyway, who would be on the field. So, uh, and Evan Ingram, who who is business, business expected season. with the tag. Yes. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, it was good to be out there, uh, I, I guess. It was good for the players to be out there. <laughs> yeah, I don't particularly think that we glean anything from it. The only thing I would glean from it yesterday is – You wanted to see Calvin Ridley look the part. Mm -hmm. Uh, He looked the part. Unsurprising, but good to check that box.
2: All right, let's check out big things because we're going to touch on just that coming up. So big thing one is attendance. We just mentioned it. Other than those three players that um, John just mentioned, there was a lot of people out there. Everybody was in attendance today. Doug Peterson does put some emphasis on the fact it is an optional thing to be a part of OTAs, but he was very happy to see the turnout.
3: That's why we have such a high... um high percentage of guys that are here, you know, in this in this type of voluntary, in this world of voluntary off-season program. We have the amount of guys that we do have here. They understand the type of work that we do, and and um, uh, you know, that that goes a long way. That goes a long way, not only just this time of the year, but you get into December and January as we talk, and, and that's where the trust and, and um, you know, sort of that camaraderie come into play, and and, uh, but we're building that foundation. You know, um, every year is a different year. Every team's a different year. Last year's done and it's in the rearview mirror. And we're still trying to establish, you know, another team this year and, and putting all those pieces together. But, but that trust factor, I think, in having that in me and me and them um, goes a long way to, to the reason why I think we have so many people here.
2: Huge turnout, lots of buy-in. Big thing number two: assignment football. So obviously, this time of year, you want to stay healthy. They're just wearing helmets and shorts. No tackling at this point. So a lot of it for Doug, he said, was just focusing on your role on this team and what you have to do come season time.
3: You know, in, in this time of the year right now, uh, it's it's all about just assignment football. You know, there's no there's no contact. The, the physicality is out of football. You know, and and it's just about assignments and. We're wanting to see the young guys, you know, incorporated in there. We want to see the veterans just take another step in leadership and just understanding, um, you know, what we're asking them to do. And, and it's just a matter of, you know, not getting anybody hurt uh, this time of year. You just don't want any setbacks that way. Um, you know, this close to camp.
2: Okay, and big thing three, going to be that new guy we just talked about, Calvin Ridley, the first look we've kind of seen of him with the team actually playing. He was held out of some activities yesterday, not um, injury-related, just kind of trying to get into the mix with everything. But Press Taylor said he is very excited to have him here.
3: I've watched every snap Calvin's played in the NFL, just like a lot of our guys have. So we're very confident in the player we're getting. Um, and then to be able to meet him in person, you know, you kind of – we've got a lot of people that vouch for him, obviously going back to when we acquired him. Uh, but the work he's put in this offseason has been impressive just in terms of meeting the extra work he does and you can tell he's doing it because he comes in the next day he's got his list of questions they're very thought out you can tell he's peaked ahead of the install or just looking a couple days ahead as we go on so uh, he's done a great job just intermixing with the group and kind of making his own role
2: certainly is let's talk about calvin i think that's the guy everybody wanted to have eyes on yesterday right in terms of you know they're not doing a whole lot but just to be able to see him out there running with everybody what were your observations when we did see him in because he was held out of a couple of things john
1: um i saw one play where he was insanely open uh for the route he was running yeah Uh, that's what he does my understanding and i haven't heard this anybody officially but i've heard it sort of in the water their only concern with him is Trying to hold him back so he doesn't hurt himself. Mm-hmm. Right. He's he's working so hard and he's so into it. Uh, I don't know if that's who he is always. My sense is that it is, uh, but right now trying to get him with his team. So I think that's why he was held out yesterday. They do, uh, they want to make sure he's there for training camp. To me, I, I saw I needed to see yesterday. Put him on ice and
0: have him ready for July twenty seventh. You're absolutely right. There are guys who are really great technical route runners, right? And that's how they get open. Mm-hmm. Um, and he looked like a really great technical route runner. But he didn't get open yesterday because of technicalities. He yep. got open because of athleticism. Yep. I, I, my just perception, one day, one practice, one hour, was that this guy is supremely gifted as an athlete and is polished as a technical receiver. Mm-hmm. So his ability to do both is what has made him a really good receiver in this league. And just looking at him and Kirk and Zay Jones Mm -hmm. and imagining Evan Ingram and what they can do with Travis Etienne and then you kind of mix in Brenton Strange and Tank Bixby, you can get really excited. But of all those, it's the Ridley part that is the most intriguing just because he's that explosive big play guy.
1: And this is not a knock on what they had. What they had was really, really good. He seems to yeah. me a level up of any receiver they've had. It, right. And not just based on yesterday, but everything you hear and then seeing it yesterday. Well, his numbers bear that out. Pure athleticism. Um, being that sort of a player, I, I I have to believe that Doug and Press are really excited about what that's going to mean for Ridley and then what it's going to mean for the rest of this offense. Um, I. I think they're going to be if they stay healthy. It'll it'll be the best
0: offensive teams ever had. Now, having said that, the best throw of the day was the throw down the middle and play action from Trevor to Christian Kirk, where he mm-hmm. caught it over his shoulder, and that was almost a yeah okay no problem. Yeah, it was clear, and it should be that Trevor Lawrence and this offense in year two together. He just he, he's mastered it. Mastered maybe a little strong. He's really got a mastery of it. With the opportunity to get even better, just simply where he's throwing the ball, quickly, decisively, didn't look like he he didn't expect anything that he saw. And again, I, we go on and on and on because it's OTAs mm-hmm. and they're running against air and all of that. But it's just, John, how many times did we talk about it over the years? We, we were comparing the Jags' passing offense, whether it was you know Blake Gabbard or Blake Bortles or whoever the quarterback was. To what you used to see in Indy, and the ball was always on the ground yeah. in Jacksonville, always on the ground. You used to say it was never on the ground in Indy. Yesterday, the ball was in receivers' hands.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't make that comparison very often, but uh, yeah, I don't you know. think you are <laughs> Let's be clear, I wasn't comparing. No.
0: Uh, th- but it was pretty clear that an efficient <laughs> passing offense, with yeah. the best passing offense, is one where the ball in practice is not on the ground. The
1: adding of weapons to this offense in— a what is it? A, an 18-month period? Yeah. Basically. Uh, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, uh, Travis Etienne, healthy up. It's It's been a complete turnover, and again, I think it's got a chance to be one of the top three offense in the league next year. Yeah,
2: It's exciting because you don't need to know anything about football to see Calvin Ridley out there and know that he's athletic, and he's going to be able to get himself open no matter what the play is. So whether or not – which he's also working really hard to get to understand this offense, but just physically he's able to get himself there.
0: Well, and then there were a couple of passes yesterday to a guy that we haven't mentioned yet, Jamal Agnew, mm-hmm. who won't have to play that that role, that sort of switch role – um, as often because there are more targets. But when you do put him on the field, I mean, he's capable of making a play that very few other guys could. So it's just, there are – and now you, now you mix in Press Taylor and Mike McCoy with Doug Peterson, and there's just a nice, exciting chemistry project going on.
1: Well, there's no weakness. I mean, last year when you looked at this offense, the one thing you sort of always thought was, well, maybe don't quite have a one. Well, it looks like they've got a one. Now, I don't know. It, it didn't seem to hold them back last year, but I, I think what Ridley's going to bring them is more consistency. They got it later in the season anyway, mm-hmm. but having a guy who, they, who Trevor trusts implicitly on third down, I just, when you think about the real way games play out, you can just see a guy like Ridley giving them one more third down conversion in each half. And think about that how how that can tilt a game in your favor. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to make himself better and everybody on the team better.
2: And it helps the rest of the group out. You can tell they're just, it's getting everybody that little bit of extra out there, right? Because even when you add someone like that, it's not really like it's taking away necessarily from your playing time because that opens up a lot of stuff for other people because you've got to cover Calvin Ridley every play. So that's going to open up a lot of stuff for the other wide receivers.
0: Well, and and you talk about getting more out of everyone else. To watch the offensive linemen, right? And it Mm -hmm. gets tough because they're not doing the same things they'll do in summer. But to watch the way that Brandon Sheriff was hitting the bag, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked last week about Anton Harrison and the... The difference between the number one pick and a guy who came maybe in the the undrafted, right? You see Brandon Sheriff out there hitting the bag, and even Luke Fortner, you was know, coming back for year two, and and Walker Little, and there's an... In, he had to use his word because everyone wants to pick it apart, but there was an intensity. They understand. Mm-hmm. They've got three weeks here, and I think in the back of their mind, they're thinking, hey, Doug gave us mini-camp off last year, right? Yep. If we come work really hard, which is what they did last year to get that off, yep. but they also... Understand that there's something here, and they want to maximize it. They don't want to miss this opportunity. And you could see it across the field yesterday. Both sides of the ball, linemen, defensive backs, wide receivers, they were all working with a level of, hey, man, let's not miss this intensity.
1: Well, they may, you know, it's hard to predict the future, but they may never be as loaded offensively as they are right now. Yeah. Because well, when, we when you have to resign Trevor— uh, it 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 may change the dynamic in terms of I don't know that they'll have a Zay Jones, Kirk Ridley, Ingram, Strange. Those seem like they could be five, six really top end guys. Um, with Trevor signing later, it may come down to where they have two really dynamic. You know, okay. and you can win with that. Yep. But this group certainly, you don't get the idea they will be. No group is together forever. The time is
0: now for this group. You bet. And that was evident on the field yesterday. They, they, they see that.
2: I want to talk a little bit about Doug talking about assignment football, right? So we're, we've gotten to the point there's a lot of veterans returning to this team. And, and I think maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys were here, but for the first time maybe people aren't being asked to do more than their own job. They are literally going to have just – very specific roles they're going to fill. You know, We'll talk a little bit about the running back room and you know what some of the tight ends are expected to do, but this is exciting when you get to this point because of the depth that they're trying to add to this roster. You're not trying to fill, you know, we're not going to have ETN making every single carry this season. He's going to be able to share that role with some people, and for the first time, when you have a good team, you want to be able to do that and have that versatility. I
0: think another way to say that, John, is the entire playbook is open. You know, So yeah. Doug came in here last year with a young quarterback, and Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram were sensations we didn't know they were going to be right Um, now all of a sudden you mix in Calvin Ingram and what does that do for Jamal Ingram and Tank Bigsby and what does that do for Travis Etienne? so what you're essentially saying is is that Doug who maybe had a third of what he wanted to do last year you know now maybe this year he can go all the way and put plays in that he didn't even think about thinking about last year
1: Yeah, I think you both said it the right way It, it I think about Christian Kirk, who was a, a find last year and had a really, really, really good year. Really good. Um, I think his role will be more defined and more natural with Ridley here. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say Christian can't step up and be a go-to one at times, but I think his role really in the slot and as, as somebody who come out of the slot and play every spot when needed, much more defined for him. Uh, and I do think Kai's point is exactly right you now have a situation where it was strange. You think by the end of the season, you can go to two tight end sets. You don't have to have ETN on the field every play. You can have Tank Bigsby on the field at times, uh, giving him some relief. So it's, I said it during the draft. To me, they found a way to get Doug, uh, I don't call it the best offense he's ever had, because Philly was really good in 17. Mm -hmm. But these receivers on paper are better than Philly's receivers that year. Yeah. the tight ends you know who knows but it's back to I think the full deck of cards that he had in Philly
0: and even some of those aces or jokers if you will I mean think about what we heard in 2021 before Travis Etienne got hurt the different ways they could use him in the slot in the wing mm-hmm. now with Tank Bigsby here Doug and Press can unleash him in a number of creative different ways and that's Doug's style Excellent. is to be really creative with his matchups a guy like Etienne because of Bixby, that, I mean, that's really interesting to think about how they'll use him and where they can stack him as a wide receiver, maybe behind Kirk or in a three-receiver uh, formation, a bunch formation with tight ends. I mean, there's just there's no limit to the creativity, and that's what's really cool. And I
1: don't think it has to take good carries away from Travis. You know, it, no. And Oh, no, he's still that. That's always the thing. People want to create controversy. Well, it's going to take carries away from Travis. I think what they can do now with Travis is run him until he needs a break and then not worry about trying to uh, you know, manage his carries necessarily. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I'm telling you, last year, late in the season, every time he was down, because he runs hard, yeah. and as and, and when you run hard, you get banged up. Sometimes you have to, have to come out of the game. Mm-hmm. You kind of held your breath when he was coming out of the game hoping he'd find a way to get back in. I don't think you're going to be holding your breath as much with Tank. No,
0: and, and let me let me be more specific with it. Do you remember 2018, they had a package with Leonard Fournette and Corey Grant that they were incredibly excited about because they had so many different clever ways to use them. Corey Grant was a shorter but incredibly fast, elusive back, and, of course, Leonard is a pounder. And um, Leonard popped his hamstring on opening day in New York that year, and they never got to unleash it because three weeks later, mm-hmm. Corey – you know, uh, had the foot injury in Kansas City, was dead in the water. Well, now with two backs like this, the possibilities with these two guys is endless because they're both different style runners.
2: And in the current NFL, you have to have multiple running backs. That's just by the nature of that position. People are going to get hurt, and you don't want want ETN making the bulk of those carries. You want to give him some breaks. We're going to actually hear from him. It's coming up in the B Block. We'll hear from the players after OTA day number one, so stay with us for that. Welcome back to Drive Time here today on Tuesday, May 23rd. I'm Kainani Stevens, Brian and John with me here today. We got to see a little bit over an hour and a half actually yesterday of OTA day number one in the books for 2023. And they don't do a ton out there, but we did get to speak to them after and that's always nice. And as we mentioned earlier, a great attendance other than a couple of guys that we kind of expected wouldn't be here right now. So I do want to talk, uh, I got to catch up with Rashawn Jenkins, and obviously he's always vocal, he likes to talk. But he was saying that, you know, after last year, one of his best seasons here in Jacksonville, he's really looking forward to kind of improving upon and that they're really thinking about that big game in February. Yeah, absolutely. We saw just the potential that our team had and, uh, you know, that small little bit of success that we were able to have. And I feel like guys are just, just more hungry
3: for that. And I feel like that's just a good, you know, uh, it's is a good goal to chase, you know. That, that Super Bowl, you know, everybody wants a Super Bowl, but the work starts now. Uh, you got to put in the work now, and it doesn't come come easy. We got to say work to win, you know. Uh, you're not just gonna step out there and and, and, and win. You got to work for it right now.
2: Hopefully, yeah. speaking it into existence, I would imagine.
0: He's he's <laughs> a great example, John. Because remember, in 2021 he was a liability in coverage, right? Now, part of the problem was is that they had all sorts of issues in 2021. But you didn't know what you were going to get from him in 2022. You hoped that he would be that guy that Trent Balky talked about when they signed him mm-hmm. in the spring of 2021. And of course, he gave us two of the most memorable plays in Jaguars history. The interception in overtime that beat the Cowboys and the sack that set up the game-winning touchdown by Josh Allen that put this team in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are two of the top five defensive plays in NFL history. Or, sorry, not NFL. Jaguars history. <laughs> Jaguars history. Jaguars history. Yes. Um, and they came from Rayshon Jenkins. So now if you—if Devin Lloyd, right, or Trayvon Walker more particularly, takes a huge step like he did from year one to year two. Oh, gosh. Holy cow, right? But I just... I look at him and I think, my goodness, none of us saw last year coming. And now you look at him and expect him to make plays like that.
1: Well, Sean sort of defined the defense in a way last year. You bet it, he did. It wasn't really a great defense. Uh, it had stretches where you worried about it. But it also was fourth in the league in, in takeaways. Uh, they made plays when they were there to be made. And uh, Sean certainly defined that. I, I, I'm not sure he was great in coverage all year. But when those plays were there to be made, he he made them. Uh you're sort of walking on a little bit of a line when you do that, but that's the way this defense is gonna have to play.
2: I think it's exciting too, when you see a team obviously that shows flashes, right? Because if you have that ability in you, we know that ability is there. It's a lot of it's gonna be, you know, continuity, being able to do that all season long. And I really feel like that's the focus right now because obviously, um, you know, they didn't finish the season everybody wants to win a Super Bowl, so other than the Chiefs, everybody was unhappy with the way their season finished last year. But you really feel like they turn the page a little bit, but they're focused on just continuing that and not putting themselves in a hole where they have to win a bunch of games in a row at the end of the year.
0: You know, at, at this time last year, we were talking about the Jaguars learning to trust. you Remember, that it was a big conversation because Doug talked about it. Mm-hmm. it. The Urban Meyer thing was just such a disaster. And we're like, OK, how long will it take them to recover? Yeah. A year later, we're talking about them talking about being in the Super Bowl. And that right? alone is impressive. And yeah. that, I mean, that tells you what Doug and Trent and their entire staff on both sides were able to do last year but it tells you how much this team believes in their quarterback mm-hmm. I mean they Rayshon Jenkins is not talking about all of the pass rush is going to take down the quarterback no he, he did not have to say it they believe in the quarterback they know what he's capable of doing
2: and obviously you talk about mental toughness and visualization and what you need to do in the offseason but there's a lot of places where people won't even say that they're like we're taking it one game at a time and they won't even think that way but there's several players we've talk to in the offseason. That really is a focus for them this year. You know, Super Bowl is a thought in their mind, and it's nice to be at a spot where you're like, yeah, that could actually happen. It's not a far-fetched, like, crazy idea.
1: Yeah, uh, ratchet it up a little bit, uh, improve in a couple of key areas, and that's within reach for this team.
2: It's very exciting, I think. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about Travis Etienne, because we mentioned him earlier, and and that running back room is really exciting. He talked a little bit about what he's seen out of Tank Bigsby so far and what it's like working with him.
3: I like Tank. I feel like he's uh, very passionate. I feel like he loves the game of football, and I feel like that's the guys you want around you. Uh, that's the guys who's going to push you to be great each and every day, because he's looking up to me, and uh, I want to be. I, I, I want to build a great example for him. I want him to see how this is a professional. So he's going to push me to get better, and I'm going to push him to get better. He also
2: talked a little bit about taking the load off of him. He's excited about it, um, which, you know, some people could see it as competition. Less carries for me. I want more carries. But he's excited. He's like, oh, yeah, take some of the hits off me. I'll be able to play a little bit more and be a little more um, outside of the box. I mean, everyone
0: everyone wants to be their best. But what I understand about him, and he talks Mm -hmm. about it when he talks about he and Trevor in particular, Mm -hmm. he's a winner. He came from Clemson where all they did was win. Mm -hmm. That kid wants to win. Whatever right. it takes, yeah. Whatever it takes. If it means that he has four or five less carries a game, I don't think he cares. I think winning, you, you, you can hear it in his voice, you can see it in his eyes. Mm-hmm. If you're standing a- around him, in front of him, it might not come through on the video, but he's all about winning. And he knows he's going to contribute. He's very confident in his ability.
1: Travis really surprised me last year. I i knew he was good. I didn't realize that he was as tough a runner as he is. And I know you, Kai, when you watch this kid play... Um, He's inside the tackles, and if he's it, if he's being brought down, uh, he never gives up on a play, mm-hmm. and therefore he takes a lot of punishment. I don't think he can be great, Travis, unless he is running that way, mm-hmm. meaning unless he is giving everything he's got on every play. I don't think he's a step-out-of-bounds running back. Um, if you're going to be that kind of a player right now in this league, as a running back, you need another guy in the backfield with you. So I think, I think Bigsby – I'm glad that he... I I think Travis sort of sees that. I think it's what he's sort of saying when he says that. And I think it'll be a really good backfield combination. And I I think it will benefit him even if it takes, I don't know, two carries away a game.
2: I think that's exciting, the combo of them together. Mm -hmm. Also, Etienne mentioned how... Much he appreciates Doug's perspective of if he does fumble or put the ga- ball on the ground that he's still going to get the ball back. He's not a coach that's like, okay, you're not touching it for the rest of the game. So that's not something he fears with another running back in the room. He knows he's still going to get the ball back. And with running backs, a lot of it is confidence and trust that you're, you know, if you do mess up, you can still get it back. Because if you get in their own head about it, sometimes that can backfire on you. But it's a, it's it's nice to hear that he's so appreciative of the relationship he has with Doug.
0: Well, I, I appreciate about the fact how many times last year we were like, oh, because. He had a tendency to lose the Absolutely. ball. Absolutely, yeah, He right? needs to
1: appreciate that less this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, and <so laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But
0: but the the, the point being is that he re- he rebounded yeah. and, and yes. was you know you can argue that his twenty five yard run out here to set up the game winning field goal was you know the pivotal game at this play of the season mm-hmm. right I mean it was an amazing run and for a guy who struggled with the ball in traffic at times mm-hmm. so his confidence level is really really high I just I I, I wasn't sure what we were going to get from him he. But his explosiveness was awe-inspiring.
1: Yeah, from talking to Doug early in the season, uh, combine or somewhere, uh, I got the impression they really, really think that uh, Travis is going to improve a lot. He, he wasn't talking about the fumbles. But, but uh, remember, last year was Travis's first year in the NFL and playing at a level where he got hit a lot and he was playing against players who were as good as he was. Mm -hmm. He got run down a couple of times, and I still think it's because he had never been run down at Clemson because he was always playing against people he was better than. Uh, So I think the fumbles may have had something to do with with that too. I, I think you'll see a much better, more polished version of Travis Etienne this year. Does he have the same amount of yardage? I don't know, but I think he'll be a more effective player this year.
2: Exciting for sure. Um, we're going to check in our last time by here from the players, Walker Little. Obviously, offensive line is something we, there's a lot of moving pieces there right now. Um, but he was just talking about getting ready for the season and the opportunity to play.
3: Time to kind of de-stress and, and calm down and uh, relax a little bit. But then, yeah, definitely, especially the last few weeks being back here, it's been time to kind of crank it up and, and start working on the technique. I mean, obviously, we don't want anyone to get suspended or hurt or anything. We don't want miss time. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a chance for me to play, and uh, I'm excited about that. So,
2: obviously, Cam Robinson, potentially out. We don't have full details on that yet. Anton Harrison, you know, your first-round draft pick, going to come in here and be on the right side. There's room for movement. There's a lot of versatility, which Doug loves because he feels like he can play people in different positions. Um, John, what are you looking at with this starting well, – or going to training camp, I should I say? laughed
1: when I was talking to Walker. Uh, that was a short part of the conversation. I was there most of the time, and I kind of asked him at the end. I said, so, if Cam comes back or – move around, sort of getting to the idea that, you know, he's going to start the season at left tackle. Mm -hmm. What happens if he moves around? And he kind of laughed and he said, I've moved everywhere on this. Like, (laughs) he's moved around so much um, that he basically says he comes to work every day and just kind of listens to what Phil wants him to do, (laughs) Phil Roger, And he had a great attitude about it. He said, like, I've been doing this two years. I've been on the right side, the left side, whatever. Mark Long from the Associated Press asked him if he was a, a right tackler or a left tackle, and he said, "What." whatever. You know, so I think he really has a good attitude toward it. Um, I think he will be the left tackle, uh, if not all this year, moving forward after that. I think he's going to be good at that. Uh, but I love his attitude toward it right now. He He's a pro now, Brian. He's right. ready for whatever comes at
0: him. Well, you know, I can remember standing with Tony Baselli and Jeff Lagerman at training camp his rookie year, 2021, and they marveled at how athletic he is, right? So we talk about calvin ridley and and you can see the athleticism because he's running and he's jumping you don't see that with an offensive lineman it it was the way that he was you know deep in his stance and able to turn his body back to the inside and and make eye contact with the quarterback that impressed these two guys right he is a really gifted athlete and he's always looked the part and then late last year he got the chance to actually act the part out I'm going on the whole acting thing again. Very nice. Um like <laughs> he, he's he is a really gifted athlete and football player. And I'm with you, John. I, I think he's gonna plug in there on the left side and and it's gonna be hard to move him out.
2: Certainly, the mentality is good, right? Obviously, offensive line, they're always pretty selfless in general, just by nature, but to hear that you know, he's willing to play wherever it is, and we've learned from past seasons that injury bug tends to hit there, so it's not the worst thing in the world to have more than a couple of bodies that can play multiple positions, so that is definitely key for them. So, coming up, we're going to do Ozone Snapshot, get a look at some of your questions for John, and we'll give you the answers. Stay with us. Welcome in your favorite time of the week Ozone mailbag. We get to check in with John. You can ask all of the questions you want and he will give you the answers. We're going to check out question number one. Bradley from Sparks Nevada says the Jaguars went from a tier 5 team to the top of tier 2 in one season. Do you think if they stay healthy that they will be a top 2 seed in the AFC this year?
1: Well I think if they stay healthy they can be. The um, the reason I hesitate is the top three in the AFC are really good. Yeah. Yes, they so are. I think you can be a lot better than you were last year. I think you can be a really good team. I even think you can be a team that, in some years in the AFC, might have gone to the Super Bowl. Uh, but it's also very conceivable that you have a really good year next year. You run into the Bengals in the fi- in the you know. I, I guess the question was seeding, so it would be: Are you going to have the second best record in the AFC? Uh, I, I I doubt it. Uh, uh, frankly, I think they'll be really, really good. Uh, I'm I'm thinking they can be 11, 12 wins ish, uh, but I think they're still going to be a young team that has some flubs. They can do it. Uh, I don't think it's a failure at all if they're the th- if they're the three or four seed. Against three very, very good franchises right
0: now. Well, so he asks if they stay healthy. And there's another side to that coin. And that is, does Pat Mahomes stay healthy? Does Joe Burrow stay yeah, healthy? Right. Is Jamar Chase on the field? What happens with Josh Allen? I remember in 1999, the Jets coming off of an AFC championship game were the favorite in the AFC. And the Jaguars were thought to be the second or third best team in the league. Vinny Testaverde pops his Achilles tendon, you know, the first or second series of their opening day game in New York. And all of a sudden, they're playing with Rick Meyer and Mark Brunel in the Jags. Totally different season. Right. Totally different season. So it isn't just about you staying healthy. It's about what does your opponent look like by the time you get to see them.
2: It's so hard to predict, obviously, and then you totally. even see the Chiefs, like you know, maybe like last year, the last couple of years, they they lose a couple of regular season games they probably should have won, and they end up yeah. you know dealing with lower seating than they probably should have. So right. sometimes that doesn't even matter until you get into the playoffs, right? So I guess we'll wait and see. I'm not a big prediction of records because no. it's no, so hard to tell. No, I think they're going to
1: be a team now that you talk about as a potential conference finalist. Yes, every year yeah. and. How it falls, attrition, how other
0: teams play, it all play into that. But I think they would be good. And look, we've missed on, on predictions year yeah. after year after year. However, last year we said, right, 7-8 wins. And at the outset, if everything goes right, 9. Right? And there at one go. point, they're 2-6. and six, And you're thinking, well, that doesn't look very good. And then it happens, right? I was going to say. I don't think you had it, that
2: order, though, right? No.
0: Oh, you know, no, <laughs> no. They didn't pick them. Just said, you know, seven, eight, nine. And it, it played out that way because the quarterback got hot mm-hmm. and found a rhythm with his receivers. And the defense did just enough.
2: All right, let's check in on special teams for question two. Justin from Duval, of course. Do you expect any more kicker drama this upcoming season, or does Riley Patterson have that spot locked up? John, Well, what do you
1: think? Uh, credit to Riley, because when he first when I first got this question, I couldn't remember the kicker drama. And then it sort of jogged my memory. I remember they had in training camp, they had, I think it was 37 kickers. <laughs> and so, we were getting kicked daily. Yeah, so... Uh, does he have it locked up? I think he's the guy going in. Yeah. I think right now, uh, the comparison I would use is uh, Logan Cook, for example. Yeah. Logan Cook is the lockdown punter on this team, and he has shown he is an elite punter in the NFL. I don't think Riley's there. I think he has shown that he can kick in this league and that he can be a good kicker. Um, I think it's his. Uh, I, I don't know that they are, are just you know jumping over themselves to get him out. Uh, I think if he continues to perform as he did last year, I think he'll be fine.
0: Um, it's his until it's not, right? I mean, right. It, it, yes. it, it's one of your famous sayings. If he goes into camp and he, and he performs well, there's no reason to make a change. But he was a little bit errant. There, there were some some kicks late in the year last year that you went, is that going to go? Right. So mm-hmm. he's going to have to have a good camp, and then he's going to have to perform. And if he does, I think he's the kind of guy who can develop and become a long-term guy. Is he Justin Tucker? No, who is? There aren't many of those guys. And if you find him, you, you go draft him. But Riley had a good year last year and made a couple of really big kicks. So I don't see why he wouldn't be.
2: Kicking is such a fickle position because you feel like they have it locked up. They have a couple bad games. And then depending on how, what, how your coaching staff feels about it, you could have two, three, four new guys in here Let the next you, week.
0: I was on the sidelines as he lined up to kick that one against the Chargers last year. Mm-hmm. I've been up with Fred, and we came down. And we're standing there, and I, and I just put myself in his shoes for a moment and thought, here, they were down 27 to nothing. They have battled back. They have a chance on to you. win the game, and it's all on you. I mean, put yourself in that pressure pack situation for mm-hmm. just a moment. If he can make that kick, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a guy that you like. You want him – makes it here. Yes. Let Not, not just at the foot. So, I, I good luck to him. He's better not miss an extra point in the preseason because everyone's going to be calling for – was it James McCourt?
2: It's always somebody, right? He'll have his chance, though. All right, we're going to wrap things up with John from Jacksonville. He says, if you ask me, the current state of the stadium is the best it has ever been. So, is the underbelly of the stadium that bad? Doesn't look bad to me. <laughs> well, the uh,
1: underbelly isn't great. We got a little leak back here. This we're morning, in the but, underbelly, so but it's. Uh, um, well, look, uh, I'm kidding. We do have a leak. But do... It's fine. I can deal with that. <laughs> um, it's, it's if awful. you. I understand there are people who see this stadium and they come in, and it is probably as nice as it's been in a long time, with the video with the oh, yeah. amenities. Uh,
0: forward-facing, fan-facing,
1: The it clubs have is. been terrific ad. But w- when they made those changes and they made those improvements over the last decade, at no point did they ever think, okay, we're making these improvements. We're fine. We don't need a new stadium. It, it was always knowledge that right now is going to be about the end of, to use Mark's phrase, uh, the end of useful life. Um, all you have to do is go around the league to 32 stadiums and see that this one is behind the rest. And if they don't do something about it, it's going to be woefully behind the rest. I I guess it probably already is. So uh, you can argue, you can wonder whatever a new stadium or a major upgrade has to happen for this team to at least hang on and be in the conversation uh, revenue-wise with the
0: rest of the NFL. It's awful. I've been here for 29 years. He on this it, hallway I mean. underneath, it has always leaked. It's always been. They built the stadium in 19 months because they didn't want to go play in Gainesville, mm-hmm. and they put the stadium up, and it's fine. Okay, but in terms of the uh, the space that football has, the space that the front office has, the quality of it. I mean, it's leaking in here. Come on, it's a studio, right? And it's not that they don't try to fix it, but it's hard to do that. Yes. Um, let alone the, the expansion joints around this place and the, and the air conditioning. And, and I'm not qualified to tell you what's wrong with it. It just, it looks old. And, and if, if you don't fix it now, it will cost you so much more because you won't be able to use the bones of the stadium, as mm-hmm. Marcus said, to be able to build and renovate. At some point you go, well, I can't. I got to just tear that all the way down. So they're making a decision now based on, as John just said, useful life. But what you can't see, you don't want to see.
2: Trust me. You have a marquee talent in Trevor Lawrence. You got to build around him, right? You got to make it somewhere people want to come watch football games. Hundred percent. And when you look at some of these other stadiums going in, not not that we have to go that far, but you know, SoFi, Las Vegas, like some of these places are amazing. Well
0: they just they're, they're about to open the Miller Electric Center which is a spectacular huge jump we should give
2: them credit for that huge
0: jump huge up huge jump up because if you want to play with the best teams in this league you've got to be on an even preparation field from mm-hmm. the classrooms to the weight room to the meals to all of those things and that facility is what this facility needs to become it's right?
1: it's it's the biggest most popular professional sport in the country yes mm-hmm. um if you're going to play in this league, you have got to compete. You have to pay to be in this league in terms of stadium. Yep.
2: And the facility should reflect that for sure, especially for these guys coming out of college because some of their facilities are better there than maybe they were here. But we are very excited about that um, practice facility going in, hopefully opening up in a couple of weeks. All right, stick with us. We'll be right back. We'll give you a preview of what we've got coming up the rest of the week now that OTAs are underway. Move the freight, move the freight. Magellan Transport voted coolest office space in Jacksonville. You can apply online at www.MagellanLogistics.com. Dot com if you want to check it out the OTAs kicked off yesterday we were able to dodge the rain out there so that was nice because the rest of the week looks like it's going to be really raining probably inside but we do have some stuff coming up this week Bucky Brooks is in the building we saw him out yesterday so he'll be here for um, to join JP um, later on this week and John what are you working on?
1: Uh, well, I'll be also on Oh, I'm sorry. On podcast. Yes. You're, the like I'm, you're the Bucky star. You're the star. Yeah, I, I apologize. Not, it's not to mention right. you. you okay. know. Uh, and I, I expect uh, we are trying to get Tyson Campbell for the Ozone podcast. Nice. And if things go well, we will have that on uh, posting on Thursday.
0: Okay. And the reason Bucky's here, just to give folks a flavor of how close we are, is to we've got to preseason television meetings. Yes, we do. There. Right. So uh, we're not that far away. I mean, we're already starting to talk about that. It's It's right around the corner.
2: Oh, so very, very exciting. Hopefully, no news is good news for the rest of OTAs, because we're not, not too, too much going on. But we will check in with them after the long weekend on Tuesday. So thank you for joining us. That's it for Jag's Drive Time today.